What's up, everybody? Let's spin some yarn. Um, I had an interesting conversation today that kind of brought back um, a dialogue I've kind of been having with myself and I guess like my wife and a few other people as I've ta- as I talk about um, like transitioning, like retirement and all that kind of stuff. And I, I probably brought it up before. I, I mean, I know I've talked about it a little bit on the podcast, but the basically what happened was I ran into a friend today um, at, I had a mental health appointment. It was like a, um, it was a different one than normal, but, uh, just like a check-in with the guy that prescribed my meds to see how they're working and stuff. And, but anyway, so I ran into my friend, uh, another chief that I work with and, uh, or have worked with. And, um, same situation kind of as me, like recently promoted, uh, plans on planned on retiring. And, uh, they were offered a job. Um, it was like back to back shore duty. It's still local. Um, it's like a higher up job than, uh, they're currently at. And, uh, like, just so like I, I'm under the impression that this person is on their way out. They're retiring. And so we were talking a little bit about that. And then, uh, they mentioned that like the, she mentioned that, um, the job offer came through and she was considering taking it and, uh, like pulling her retirement and stuff. And I was like, why? Um, and it's cause you know, it shouldn't be lost on anyone that we're having this conversation at like at the mental health check-in desk after long careers and all kinds of things that led us to that point where, and, and again, not, not that it's necessarily indicative of, I mean, I guess it is indicative of a problem, but like, not that it's negative. It's just, um, I think it's safe to say that our military service is why we're there, uh, in large part anyway. I mean, I don't know why she, she was there. So I guess that's not a fair assessment for anybody but me. But for me, I think it, oh, that's a large part of it for sure. But anyway, um, so we got to talking a little bit about um, like why I'm retiring, what kind of forced the reprioritization, which I've talked about a bunch. I won't rehash all that. But like for I got forced into this reprioritization where I decided um, that my like health and and wellness was more important than my career. And up to that point, I, I don't know that I was making a conscious decision that it wasn't as important or that I was willing to um, hazard it <laughs> for the sake of furthering my career. But what I was doing was not calculating the cost, right? Like I wasn't ever even thinking about it. And I even all the way up to making the decision to retire, I, I wasn't even um, considering my my own happiness and well-being and, and actual physical and mental health and everything in the calculus of should I do this or should I not? Like, should I stick around or should I retire? Um, and I think a, a lot of people probably do the same thing and that the suspicion is raised by this conversation I've had with her and a lot of other people that are transitioning. A lot of the people I work with currently are retiring. A lot of my just like peer group and friends are retiring. Um, and then 
I think it, it applies even to when you're at the decision point for separating as well. I don't think you'll get as into the muck about it as somebody that's as institutionalized as a, for instance, a 21 year master chief. Um, it's it, it's a lot harder to stop doing it when you've been doing it this long. You become almost dependent upon, you know, like old reliable, like <laughs> checks going to clear every every uh, two weeks and the health insurance is there. It's just it's easy. And that's literally what she said to me was um, I wouldn't have to worry about getting a job and doing all the transitions. It's just so easy to say yes to this and, and go to this new job or whatever. Um, and she was having the same kind of anxiety about finding a job and all the transition stuff and all the unknowns and whatever, which I've been freaking out about for the last, you know, eight months or whatever. And, um, I just got to a point now where I kind of feel like I'm starting to get my hands around it and I'm less terrified of the unknown. Cause I don't think there's as much lurking in that abyss or, or whatever, uh, in the ether of of that unknown that I've I've built up in my head, I don't think there's as many hazards lurking or or whatever. There's no boogeyman, um, so it's I've started to get through all the things that I'm required to do and that I just need to do or that are I should do or whatever to make the transition as smooth as possible and to be prepared for it and whatever you know, like even just the logistics of like moving. So, um, so I tried to like. T- basically what I said was like, look, I'm not telling you how to live your life, but you should retire. And, um, I've always been against that type of advice. Like I was never the chief that taught, try to talk junior sailors into staying in the Navy. Um, like I would give them both sides of it. And I mean, if I thought it was in their best interest to stay in, I would say that, but I'd say like, it's not, I'm not going to like harp on somebody about it or basically discount every other possibility because I think the Navy is everything like is the meme, right? Like that, like getting out of the Navy is crazy from the perspective of somebody that's never been out of the Navy professionally. So, um, but like in this case, like, I mean, I really, I've gotten to this point where I've talked to, talked to enough, um, old retired folks <laughs> that are on the other side of it, either recently or have been retired for a while. And universally they say retire at 20. Um, and I've, I, uh, the guy I relieved at my current job did almost 30. I think he was, I think he was at 28, uh, when he kind of, he had medical stuff that was forcing him out. Um, and, and he wanted to stay, he was trying to stay longer. And it was like, why you know like he'd been a master chief forever and like it was just it was one of those like from my perspective it's kind of like why would you want to do that but for it was all he ever know all he'd ever known it had given him a lot like you know it's and it's old reliable it's scary to to flip that switch and and transition to this unknown that's terrifying and um it's very Shawshank Redemption-ish. Uh, it's very Andy Dufresne. Like, if you've never seen that movie, which a lot of you probably haven't because I'm old, but if you want to see it, I think it's on Netflix right now. It's a great movie. But he's it's he was it's a Morgan Freeman's character's in prison for a long time. and um, Same kind of thing. Like, he doesn't know how to function in society where he has all this freedom of choice and stuff because he's been institutionalized. Like, he's used to being... Uh, in this place doing this thing uh, he needed permission to do everything um, you know he was he adapted to that structure and it became 
his world and then all of a sudden he's in this new world and that's kind of what it's like um at least in my anxiety riddled mind (laughs) um so and that seemed to be where my friend was at and we talked a little bit about um i just told her i've talked to these people and even that guy who i just mentioned that he was around for 28 years had a bunch of significant health issues that caused him to have to retire but once he did and got on the other side of it and got a job uh, like a real chill work from home job making pretty good money on top of disability and his pension and whatever he loves his life he has zero stress i saw him at like a buffalo wild wings with his his uh, civilian beard just like walking on sunshine and he's like i should have done this i should have done it at 20 like i should have retired at 20 and we had a little conversation about that and that was when i was still making my decision um and so that kind of was fed into the algorithm in my brain um but yeah like the the conversation i I, so i shared all that with her and the conversation we had i basically just said like look i think you should retire but uh don't just listen to me like do like evaluate whether or not you really want to stick around and it's really what's best for you but I can tell you that like as I've done the math over my career when I'm making these decisions, I almost always was just looking at all the things she said to me when she was like explaining how it would just be easier to stay like the money and the benefits and it's easy and um, like the the um, structure and the reliability and the this is what I know and I'm worried about getting a job so it's like she was making a pros and cons list mentally and there's a lot more pros because it's so easy to just say yes and continue doing what you're doing instead of having to go through all the turmoil of transitioning but what I told her is when I've been at doing that math what I've never added into the into the calculus is my own happiness like which seems insane and also kind of stupid um and you know it probably is but it it was just one of those things that like as i'm making the choices i never evaluated really like what was best for me like really because i was wasn't prioritizing my physical and mental health i didn't think i needed to like it it legitimately took cancer to punch me in the side of the head and be like hey dummy seriously start taking care of yourself and and not just in the traditional sense like i've always been pretty active and i've always eaten pretty healthy most of the time but like you know like then i would get into these ruts on when i'm on a boat on deployment like i'm stressed out i'm not sleeping like everybody you know and it's just like and then i'd gain some weight and then i'd okay then we're in the shipyard or i'm on shore duty and i would kind of correct you know i'd be like okay now i gotta start eating clean and working out and you know all the things but I never really um, addressed, especially the mental part, but um, there's a lot of physical stuff too. That I, and I and obviously I I also believe like those things are connected. You know, like if you're not taking care of your mental health, it manifests itself physically. But that's another conversation for another time. But yeah, I I just told her I'm like really like do that analysis. Like, are you is this really what's going to make you happy? Like, is this re- is it really what's best for you? Because like this person who I consider a friend and I care about, I've seen a change 
in the last like probably year where they're not happy. They're like legit, like angry all the time. And you can tell. And I don't know if there there could very well be like personal things or just ex- external things to the job part, like to the professional environment that are driving that. I have no idea. Like it's not a, a super close personal friend that tells me those types of things. Um, but you know, like I, I'm just saying, like I told her, I've noticed a change in you in the last year, and it's like it feels like, based on the interactions that I've had with her, that it's the job, and so I'm like just do that, do that evaluation. Like, are you going to be happy? Like, do you really want to do that, or are you doing it because it's easy and because there's more pros on your pros and cons list? Which really, when you weight them by in order of like importance, and you're honest about it. Your, your happiness and wellness and physical and mental health are, I mean, that should be at the very, very top of the list um, and should carry a lot more weight than convenience and salary and stuff like that, which I understand those things are important and I understand they figure into the calculus, obviously, but um, like I, I would like, I, I make a lot of money right now, like in the grand scheme, I don't have kids my wife works so it's like it's it's tempting like to stick around but when i think about the cost when i really evaluate the cost and that's what got me to the decision point of retiring from just the cost of what it would take for me to go to the next job which would go to be a go be a cop on a submarine right and i, I could have very like i got offered a, a sh- another shore duty gig at like at the tycom level doing like policy stuff and some inspections and whatever but I, I would have to move to a place I don't want to go. I would ha- I don't like doing the inspections. Um, I don't really want to do my rate stuff anymore. Um, I don't. There's just a lot of stuff. I don't want to put a uniform on anymore. And I can't even tell you, like, it carries way more weight than it should. should. But I want to grow a beard. Damn it. Like, I want to not cut my hair. I want to wear whatever I want. I want to say whatever I want. I want to have the freedom to do this podcast however I want. Um, and... I don't know. Like there's just so many things that I personally weight probably differently than other people would like as far as importance and like what I'm like, am I willing to like sacrifice this anymore? Um, and moving around, like I just, no, I, I'm not doing it. And so when I made the list of all the things that were kind of deal breakers for me, it was all stuff the military was going to ask me to do. Um, so that helped kind of get me to that decision point, uh, as well. But then, when I really, I mean, I've spent the last probably 18 months, some of it forced, some of it not, as far as like my health stuff, both physically and mentally, I've spent about 18 months really working on all this stuff. And I can tell you two things. One, there was a lot to do and there was a lot of damage done by 21, well, it was about 20 years of negligence. Um, And also like, it was really enlightening to kind of go down that path and really learn about what that negligence resulted in and why and how do you fix it? And then me being me, it's like I've gotten really into the idea and I'm seriously like I'm, I'm like 98% sure it's what I'm going to do. Um, I mean, obviously I could start school and decide it's not for me, but I, based on, meeting with a psychologist for the last probably 18 months and um 
and then just the studies I'm doing, the study that I've done for my degree and then the study that I've done for like the thought lab stuff and some other stuff. Um, the more and more I've gotten pushed towards just psychology in general. And I think that like, I'm going to use all the benefits that I have to go to college full time after I take about six months off and, uh, pursue being like a, a psychologist. Um, and it's all of those things have nothing to do with me staying in the military or me being a cop on a submarine or me continuing to do these. So it was, it was once I really went down and evaluated like what's going to make me happy and what's the most important thing to me, it's my wife, it's my own physical and mental health and well-being. It's my family who I won't have time to visit nearly enough. And my parents are getting up there and stuff like that. Um, I had a tr- pretty tragic loss of some immediate family members in February that kind of like punctuated that for me. And I don't even know that I needed it, but it's just kind of, I mean, it really burned it into my brain um, as part of that reprioritization that I want to, I want to be able to just jump on a plane every couple of months and go home and see my family. Um, And it's really important to me that I get to interact with them and spend that time doing it. And so like deploying, like, no, every, every part of it just runs contrary to all the things that are now a priority in my life. So spending that time working on all those things was kind of what gave me the clarity to recognize it and to plug that into my, my calculus, you know what I mean? And it just, I had already made the retirement decision, but it just keeps getting reaffirmed over and over and over again as I continue to go down this road. Um, and you know, like maybe that's a self-fulfilling prophecy because I'm pursuing it at this point. Like I made the decision and now I'm going down the road of pursuing all the things that I want to do in retirement and preparing for that. So, you know, like maybe it's just the reinforcement is self-fulfilling, but either way it's, spending all that time on those things, like really spending time on like mental health, physical health, wellness, managing stress, getting better sleep, all this kind of stuff. It's just like when you recognize, you'll, you'll very quickly recognize the cost um, of doing this for a living. And so that's kind of the thing. Like nowadays when people ask me, um, should I stay in? Or uh, sometimes I get the like, do you regret stick sticking around for so long and and stuff like that um and i kind of i don't regret anything um i think it had to happen this way like i don't think i would have ever reprioritized or recognized my own mortality or whatever um i don't i think i needed it to happen exactly how it did in order for me to arrive at a good place um but also there is a part of me that kind of wishes that I at least would have managed it better if not stopped doing it sooner. Um, and so that's what I talk to people about. It's kind of like the, I, we talk a lot about the, in, in joining the military and being in, in the service as they call it. That's what my dad calls it all the time. Um, it's something that you kind of go in knowing you're, part of the attraction is you're like, you're going in knowing that you're serving something greater than yourself. And you're part of this organization that's, is doing a thing that you feel has value to at least the entire country that you're from, if not the world. Right. Um, 
and then you get into the other dynamics of it where you're just within the immediate vicinity of your team and your command and whatever and you're doing a mission that you believe to be important and and all these things it, it becomes um it becomes a thing that fulfills people in a way that's it's hard to explain and it's hard to replicate elsewhere um and so you understand at that point that this isn't a normal job but it's you feel compelled to to do it for those reasons and i think that we especially because we start so young generally you lose sight of the cost and that's kind of what i talk to people about when they ask me like should i stay in is it worth it whatever and it's like how much is it going to cost and it's different for different people that i know people that um, I don't think anybody gets out unscathed, but I know people that dealt with it a lot better that were able to manage the stress and the physical stuff and, and just like main had better. I don't know, like probably mental resilience maybe, or, um, just the ability to process what was going on in a healthier way and also where it was able to balance all the things better like um like i had buddies that like and it was an, e an edmc and i don't, like i think he was just able to function on not a lot of sleep but he was also like he always he was always working out and he, he maintained a pretty high level of physical fitness um seemed like he got enough sleep seemed like he, he also somehow was everywhere all the time making sure all the things were happening and like you know i wasn't always that guy like I, I wasn't always able to like be that high functioning all the time um and some of that i th you could point at like the issues i've had with sleep for a really long time and but some of it was i i didn't i don't think i had the tools to deal with the the mental stress in quite the same way and, and all that other stuff so i think what i'm getting at is the cost is variable depending on the person so it's going to be on you to be honest in your analysis of of how is this going to affect me? Um, like if you decide to do a shore duty, which you perceive to be kind of easy in comparison to your first sea duty and then, or operational like tour or whatever community you're in. And then you get to that decision point of like, am I really going to go out to a deploying command again? Um, like, can I really do that again? Cause that was, I, that was so hard for me to swallow. Like when I went back to my second boat, like oh my god just the idea of going back to a submarine like yikes like i didn't really want to do it and i mean it all you know ended well like kind of but <laughs> like it's too much to get into but like it, it it wasn't i don't know it wasn't as bad as i thought it would be but it was harder than i thought it would be um but i also learned a lot and grew and matured and it whatever a lot of awesome things happen too but you just you got to calculate the cost um and i think that's something that we leave out a lot and that's that's kind of what i wanted to get into uh with this one was like making making people aware i guess um that there is a cost whether you believe me or not whether you recognize it or not i don't think anybody gets out of here without scar tissue uh, no matter how short your service is um or how like deftly you think you're navigating it in the long term. Like if, if you're going to retire and you just think everything's like 
smooth sailing and I'm just mentally tougher and all this other crap. It's like, nah, you're not, but okay. Like you might be mentally tougher than me, but you're not unscathed is my point. Um, and then for the young folks that are, you know, at the decision points of reenlisting or not, it's like calculate the cost. Um, I can tell you if there was a post nine 11 GI bill, when I got to my first reenlistment point, I would have took the money and run. Like I would have ran for the Hills cackling as I went to, the culinary school and God knows what, yeah, who knows where I would have ended up. But I can tell you for sure, like that's what kept me in the first time around is a Montgomery GI Bill wasn't enough uh, to go to a Gucci culinary school. <laughs> it wasn't even close. Like, I mean, it was like a third of what I like o- almost. Yeah, about a third, close to half of what I would have needed just to get an associate's degree to culinary school. And then if I wanted to continue my education, like forget about it, it would have been a drop in the bucket. Um, so calculate the cost like really uh, and, and the money plays in and the insurance plays in and the benefits play in and all that other crap plays in but if you decide to make this a, a career whether and whether it's you know 10 years or, or 20 or 30 or whatever um, if you decide to continue in service take the time to not just calculate your pros and cons list based on um monetary value and and like the classic things people are gonna are gonna put on the list and take the time to evaluate the cost of on your health physically and mentally on your happiness um on your future happiness and and obviously if you're if you have a spouse significant other children like family members you just want to be close to uh, whatever, like there's also those things where it's like calculate that cost as well. Calculate like when I went to a special project submarine, I barely talked to my family for about three years because I was just gone constantly. Um, and it sucks. Like, I mean, there's a little regret there, especially for the family members that I lost, you know, and luckily I was able to, um, kind of reconnect and have a good relationship with them for about the last three years before uh, what happened happened. But it's, you know, it's, there's a lot of things that need to be figured in. And a lot of times I think that by virtue of the way our wiring happens when we're in the military, it's like, you don't, you don't calculate in all of that stuff that is, arguably and in my opinion the most important you know like physical and and mental health your your happiness are you going to be fulfilled is this really what you want to do with your life or are you doing it because it's the easy button um are you doing it because you feel some some sense of obligation like that almost kept me around is so that i had some obligation to go be a cob and a cmc not just to myself but to sailors that um that would serve under me or, and with me and that people that had constantly been telling me I'd be great at it and believed in me. Um, people that I told I was going to do it for a while before I got sick. Like I just, I, there was all this stuff in my head about this, a, a perceived obligation that I had to all these other people. Not, and I'm not ha- like, I'm not even having the conversation about myself, like the obligation I should have to myself, to my own physical and mental well being, And, and taking care of that. And it took cancer <laughs> to snap me out of that. And I still, it still also took like a guy had a mentor that was a cop and a CMC that 
basically told me it was okay to not be a cop. It's okay. Like you can retire. It's this, you don't have to do this. Um, and I needed somebody like him, if not him in particular to say that to me for it to be okay. It was, it was insane. Like I was still considering trying to, you know, like make a comeback after cancer and everything else. So, um, you really got to be honest with yourself and calculate the costs. And, and you may come out with that. It's worth it to you. Uh, you may come out on the other end with that. You want to continue there. I've I've there are people. These unicorns are real that they really love this. They really love this job and deploying. I, I've known guy, and I don't you know, maybe they're just actually insane or lying to me but like i know guys that love going to sea they want to be out deployed doing the job all the time i don't get it like i i i feel like at times it's extremely rewarding and fulfilling and all those other things but it's like i mean i've never been like (laughs) man i love this you know like there's times now like doing certain things like training chiefs um, doing leadership development stuff, the times where my guys ha- and my team have big wins or like my people do something really cool or they progress or they get promoted or whatever. Like there's lots of moments that are like, wow, I like, I love this job. I love being a chief in the Navy. I love doing this thing. I love being a submariner. You know, you're riding on top of a submarine through the straits, like on the maneuvering watch, um, doing like small boat handling party stuff or just getting ready to moor the ship or like it's, it's, that's like, one of the coolest things where you ever like when you're I'm even when I and I hated it and I was terrified when I was doing it but to look back on it and there's a couple moments where I was I had the presence of mind to recognize it in the moment where like I just took a submarine to periscope depth that's pretty dope and like the sea like I did it well enough that the CEO's like you know good job dive you know like and I'm patting my watch section on the back like well done you know like where we just killed whatever we were doing like we just did it really well and it's like you just have like this moment where you're like, Oh, I just did that. Like, Holy crikey, you know, like, like good Lord. But you know, there's a lot of times as well. And it's probably the majority of them where it's just hard and it just hurts all the time and it's stressful and it sucks. And I just want to go home. So there's that. And that's the cost. So, um, that's just, I, I at the I'm at that point where I'm just going to keep repeating myself. So I'm going to wrap it up here. Um, but that's, you know, that's what I want to talk about. If anybody ever has any questions about like, if you're at one of those decision points um, and you want to just ask for my perspective, advice, experience, whatever, or you just have any questions, comments, concerns, or feedback, hit us up. Don't go up the ship podcast at gmail.com. You can Facebook message us. Don't go up the ship podcast. Or you can DM us on Instagram or Reddit or discord at D gets podcast. Um, you know, like don't be afraid to, to hit me up ask those questions. Um, I'm happy to have those conversations, especially, I mean, it it being so fresh in my mind, as far as like, I'm still currently going through it. I got a few more months left, um, before, you know, like we're making the move to Texas at the end of August, um, about, so we'll probably be there like early September and we're going to like road trip it a little bit, take our time. And then, yeah, I'll be settled in and, begin my assimilation as a Texan. I'm excited. Um, but yeah, with that, that's it. That's all I got for you today. Thank you so much for listening and don't give up the ship. <laughs>